guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So today we're going to, it's kind of going to be a part one and part two. I almost want to go backwards a little bit. Tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about the armor of God that is found in chapter six of Ephesians. But leading up to that, you've got some interesting principles that I think really do tie in together. Now, I want to show you my family. Those who know me know I talk about my family a lot. This is my wife and I and our six kids. I call them my crimlets. I've got my two wonderful daughters. I've got my four wonderful sons right there. We're spread out all between right now the ages of 24 down to 14. It is craziness. We love each other, but we are not the perfect family. And I don't think the perfect family is out there. They do not exist. You know that one family in your ward that you're just like, that's the perfect family? No, they're not. They struggle just as much as you do. And so that's one thing to understand is there's no perfect families out there. So the lesson I'm going to do today is not about how to have a perfect family, nor is it to have a successful family. I think more just how to function properly as a family. Now, one of the important things to understand here is that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children. It is the foundation. It is the heart of what we're doing. Now, here's the thing. If you were Satan, which is a horrible question, but if you were Satan, you would want to go after that which is central. Now, one of the interesting things here, there's an obscure quote back in 1989 from Elder J. Richard Clark, and he says this about the family. He says, throughout the ages, evil forces have attacked the family. This was back again, 1989. Why do you suppose Satan is so obsessed with its disillusion? Because it stands for everything he wants and cannot have. He cannot be a husband, a father, or a grandfather. He cannot have posterity now or ever. Satan cannot even keep those he has led away from God. He has no eternal kingdom or inheritance. So it makes perfect sense why Satan would combine all of his forces to attack that which is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children. And so with that in mind, you get into Ephesians. Now, there are some chapters here, uh, starting really in chapter 3. Now, these aren't necessarily contextual about the family, but I think you could start off here, uh, especially in verse number 14, where Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and the earth is named. This is where you start seeing Paul kind of starting to address this idea of family. That he would grant you, and I want you to think about this more with your families, that he might grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye being rooted and grounded in love. So the principles we're going to talk about today, I think, are things that can help a family be rooted and grounded. I looked up the word grounded, and it was interesting. I know some of you are like, yeah, grounded, that's something we do in our family. No, it's not necessarily that, but it means the concept of being grounded refers to a feeling of being stable, at ease, and consciously present. When we feel grounded, we are able to accept and let go of the momentary tough moments throughout the day and are not easily influenced by others' ideas or feelings. You feel more at peace with your authentic self. And that's something that can help any one of us. And when you're able to do that, what happens is you are too, like it says in verse 18, able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. So cool. The NIV says this, you may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people, he could even call that a family, 
to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ. And verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him and unto a family, I think as well. And again, you're going to see where I'm going with this. Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now you get into chapter four. Now I think chapters four, five, and six all have principles that can apply to functioning families who want to be able to be rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ and can see all heights and depths and everything about that with their family. Like for example, you get down to maybe just probably the last 14, 15 verses of chapter 4, if you were to apply this to a family, it seems incredibly relevant. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. There's great principles here to apply to a family. Now, again, in the Come Follow Me, it says, following the Savior's example can strengthen my family relationships. As you read Ephesians 5, 21 to 33, and chapter 6, 1 through 4, think about how counsel in these verses could strengthen your family relationships. Now, it is important, as it says here, to note that Paul's words in Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, where it talks about basically the role of the husband and the role of the wife, they were written in the context of the social customs of the era. So a lot of people kind of freak out about that. You got to take it with the time period that it was in. Prophets and apostles today teach that men are not superior to women and that spouses are meant to be equal partners. Again, the family proclamation, which was brought up again in this last conference, so relevant to our day. How can you still find relevant counsel in Ephesians 5, 25 to 33? You go down to verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. To be able to compare the love of a husband for his wife and his family to the way Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. It's powerful doctrine to husbands out there. In fact, you get into chapter six, you see about the first four verses or so, a lot of similar verbiage with regards to the relationship between parents and children. This raising a family is a very, very difficult thing. Many of you out there understand that being in a family, this is God's uh, human building machine and he's really trying to build you and I. In fact, just in this last conference on Saturday night, Sister Tamra Runya gave a wonderful talk called seeing God's family through the overview lens. Boy, this is a great talk to read as you are going through and trying to understand the messiness that raising a family is. A uh, little clip here from Sister Runya that I absolutely loved. Go ahead and watch this. Remember, families are a God-given laboratory where we're figuring things out. So missteps and miscalculations are not just possible, but probable. And wouldn't it be interesting if at the end of our lives, we could see that those relationships even those challenging moments were the very things that helped us to become more like our Savior. Each difficult interaction is an opportunity to learn how to love at a deeper level, a godlike level. Let's zoom out to view family relationships as the powerful vehicle to teach us the lessons we came here to learn as we turn to the Savior. Let's admit, in a fallen world, there's no way to be a perfect spouse, parent, son, daughter, grandchild, mentor, or friend but a million ways to be a good one. Let's stay at the tree, partake of the love of God, and share it. 
By lifting the people around us, we ascend together. Unfortunately, the memory of eating the fruit is not enough. We need to partake again and again in ways that reposition our lens and connect us to the heavenly overview. By opening up the scriptures, which are filled with light, to chase away the darkness, staying on our knees until our casual prayer turns mighty, this is when hearts soften and we begin to see as God sees. In these last days, perhaps our greatest work will be with our loved ones, good people living in a wicked world. Our hope changes the way they see themselves and who they really are. And through this lens of love, they'll see who they will become. Well, if you can remember again that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children, and Satan is going to try to attack your family as much as he can, but do not give him the power there, which is why leading into chapter 6 tomorrow talks so much about how we arm ourselves to be able to be fortified when Satan tries to come after us. I love these verses, and I'm grateful for what they teach me about how to be able to help my family function better. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.